You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. I appreciate your questions, topics of interest. You can email them to questions at drhoffman.net. That is questions at drhoffman.net. So when it comes to our diet quality, if you're snacking, <clears throat> or you have a habit of snacking, or grazing, as some people like to call it, snacking habits can often overshadow healthy meal choices. Now, a new study finds that one in four people, one in four, reverse the benefits of nutritious meal choices with unhealthy snacking. So we have to address the importance of snacking habits, if you have a snacking habit, which I'm going to get into whether you should be snacking at all down the line here during this podcast. So we have to highlight the importance of snacking habits to improve diet and health outcome. So this study, which was published in the European Journal of Nutrition, was conducted by researchers from the School of Life course and population at King's College, London. Uh, they were using data from the acronym ZOE PREDICT, which is a large nutritional research study. And investigators, what they plan to do is to examine how snacking frequency, quality, timing can impact our cardio-metabolic health, heart health, metabolism, or overall health. So included in the study <clears throat> was data from 854 people from the ZOE PREDICT study, which collected data on the participants' self-reported snacking habits, health measures like blood sugar levels, fat levels, body mass index, BMI, right? Age, sex, physical activity level, education, and meal quality. And approximately 
95% of the participants reported snacking. That's interesting. I really want to know what age group this was, too. Uh, 95% of the participants reported snacking. Or maybe, hey, my I don't have my snacking radar up. But again, this is in Europe. Okay. Even so, I, there are some points here I want to make. The analysis showed that 26% of the participants reported eating healthy main meals and poor quality snacks. And according to the data, 24% of the participants' daily energy intake came from snacks like cereal bars, pastries, and fruit. Not such a problem with that last one, but again, it depends, and I'll get into that further down here. Um, while the study did not find that snacking itself was unhealthy, the results suggested that poor quality snacks were associated with poor health markers and left people hungrier. This is important because when you're eating non-nutritive food like pastry or a cereal bar, yeah, a cereal bar is a candy bar. I don't care if it's organic. I don't care if it's sweetened with brown rice syrup instead of regular sugar or high fructose corn syrup. It's, it, a lot of these bars are like candy bars. Now, in contrast, high-quality snacks like nuts, fresh fruit, were associated with lower body weights, better metabolic health, and decreased hunger. Nuts are very satisfying when you're hungry. They're very calorically dense, yes, so you don't need as much. You know, eight or ten macadamia nuts will do. You don't need to eat the jar. And if you ate the jar, you probably let yourself get so hungry that you couldn't get enough food on your fork anyway. So you chowed down, right? And now you're not hungry for dinner. So that's not the way to go either. <clears throat> so, considering that 95% snack and that nearly a quarter of our calories come from snacks, swapping unhealthy snacks like cookies, chips, cakes to healthy ones like fruit and nuts is really a simple way to improve our health, right? You're probably saying, Layla, yeah, we know all this. Why are you, why are you stating the obvious? There are just some points here that I want to make. So the study also showed that snack timing can impact health outcomes. The analysis revealed that snacking after 9 p.m. was associated with poorer blood markers compared to other snacking times. In addition, the data suggested that nighttime snackers tended to gravitate more to calorically dense foods high in fats and sugars, right? So the cookies, the cake, all of that kind of thing. And the later we stay up, the more we will, the hungrier we will be. We need to put down the tablets, the electronic devices. We need to go to bed. We need to go to sleep, right? If you're up late, you're burning the midnight oil, whatever it is you may be doing, the tendency will be to get hungry, because when it's dark outside, 
it should be dark indoors too, meaning you should be sleeping. Think about it. When our Stone Age ancestors, when it was black as pitch outside, there is nothing to do but sleep. So, and look, we're going to come on to daylight savings time again. Uh, you know, we're going to fall back. It's going to get darker again earlier. It's time to start going, you know, to help train our circadian rhythms in this way. When it starts getting dark outside, we need it to start getting dark inside. And if that means you're going to go to bed at 930, that's okay. It's all right. You'll get a better night's sleep. So according to researchers, these results indicate that poor quality snacking can eclipse the benefits of good mealtime choices, right? Underscoring the importance of staying consistent with healthy eating throughout the day. And the study contributes to the existing literature that food quality is the driving factor in positive health outcomes from food. So making sure we eat a balanced diet of proteins, legumes, vegetables, fruit, is really the best way to improve our health. Now, it's interesting to me that this European study showed that 95%, at least in this small population, right, are snackers. Because I know like in France, the school, during school time, Lunchtime is sacrosanct. There aren't many snacks unless things are changing in recent years. I'm using France as an example because this was a point made a few years ago about they sat, they ate a meal. There was time for that. It wasn't rushed. There weren't, there wasn't snacking throughout the day. And I challenge you, do you need a snack? Because if you're eating in a healthy way, it's likely you won't be hungry two hours after your breakfast or an hour and a half, two, three hours after your lunch or after your dinner. And sometimes with dinner, after dinner, it's a habit we get into. We eat dinner, we clean up, we sit down in front of the TV or whatever, and there is more snacking associated with it, even though we're not hungry. It's simply a habit, and it's a habit we need to break because you don't want to be digesting all night long. And this is a tenet, actually, in traditional Chinese medicine. In traditional Chinese medicine, there's a lot of wisdom there, I'm finding, and that's why I'm talking to you about it. You only eat during daylight hours, leaving nighttime hours for rest and Relax, you know, not having to digest all night, rest, repair, recuperation, all of that, and giving our digestive systems a break. We're not supposed to be eating 12, 13, 15 hours a day. Now, I'm not talking about maybe Friday night, Saturday night, you have an event, it's a late dinner. I'm talking about most of the time. We're not meant to be eating in this fashion. And especially if you're trying to achieve or your body is trying to achieve, autophagy or autophagy, tomato, tomato. And this is the body's process 
of doing its house cleaning, removing cellular debris, repairing DNA, this autophagy or autophagy peaks at 12, at the 12th hour of fasting. So if you're eating well up to 9 p.m. snacking after your dinner and you're up early the next morning and having your breakfast at 7 a.m., you've only fasted 10 hours or nine and a half, depending on when you finish that snack the night before or how early you start a breakfast. You're not, your body's not achieving autophagy. Therefore, it's not able to undergo its very, very critical repair process to keep you metabolically healthy. And you know, it's been reported that it's possible we have more Alzheimer's because we're not enough of us are achieving autophagy. So make sure that you're fasting for a minimum of 12 hours every night. If you say finish eating dinner by 7.30, finish eating dinner and no nighttime snacking by 7.30 p.m., you shouldn't be having breakfast the next day until after 7.30 a.m. So think about what you're doing. And I think that's why traditional Chinese medicine would love for all of us to finish eating dinner by 5. So when we go to bed at 10, a whole five hours later, our stomachs are truly empty. And digestion can then go into a little hibernation overnight while our bodies concentrate on its biochemical house cleaning, sweeping out cellular debris, repair processes, taking out the trash, literally. Think of it this way. If you chronically have house guests, it's hard to do a deep clean. Autophagy is that deep clean. That cleaning up is necessary. Coming back to snacking, I challenge you what I was starting to say earlier. Do you need a snack? And especially if you've been eating a higher carb diet, if you're starting your day with cereal or even a good bowl of steel cut oats, you may be wondering why you're hungry two hours later. You just had all this fiber and stuff, right? Well, something's going on with the blood sugar that's causing you to become hungry again. When blood sugar goes low, that's when we get hungry. And another thing is we get into a habit sometimes of snacking even though we're not hungry, right? So it could be that you don't need three main meals and two snacks in between those meals a day or three because I know some of you are counseled to eat a snack an hour and a half, two hours before bedtime if you're waking up with unstable blood sugar during the night. Actually, one of the best things to do for unstable blood sugar is not to feed it, except in the very beginning when you're quite unstable and you're really on a roller coaster. You need a good protein and fat snack, like a handful of nuts and seeds or a hard-boiled egg or that leftover chicken you didn't finish that way. And you're going to find over time, as you eat healthier main meals, that have adequate amounts of protein and its inherent fat. Read dark meat chicken, the chicken thigh, and the skin, unless you don't like it. I don't want you to eat anything you don't like. 
So when your blood sugar starts to stabilize, you're going to find you don't need any snacks at all. You're going to find that, hey, wow, it's already 1.30 and I haven't had lunch yet because I didn't have any hunger pangs. Could it be because you ate a three-egg omelet for breakfast? Yeah, because that really super stabilized your blood sugar, right? So now you need to remind yourself, hey, it's lunchtime I should eat. You want to eat regular meal times. And if you're not that hungry, have a little something. Because then if you're going to go into seven, eight hours of not eating since breakfast, you're going to be starving by dinner and then all bets are off. So in the beginning, if you do have very unstable blood sugar or you have adrenal exhaustion, that may warrant some well-timed snacking. So what may be causing the adrenal exhaustion? Stress, not only mental and emotional stress, which secrete flight, fight or flight hormones, right? But the physiological stress of that low blood sugar that occurs when we don't eat at the appropriate times. We're actually causing ourselves to be mugged by our hormones, those fight or flight hormones, when you let seven, eight hours go by. A rule of snacking for me, if I require it, like some of my work days can be pretty jam-packed, and sometimes we're not getting to lunch, or, you know, sometimes things just work out that way. I'll have a few almonds or pistachios. Pistachios are my favorite to tide me along, or some pecans or walnuts, to tide me over a small handful until I'm able to get to lunch. Or if dinner is going to be later than usual, that few handful of nuts or seeds, that little bit, is enough to tide me over to get to dinner, right? The rule of snacking is to have regular meal times every day to keep your blood sugar stable, to keep your adrenal function well and humming along and diminish the need for snacks at all. So I challenge you, if you're requiring a snack just a couple of hours, two or three hours after breakfast, please evaluate what you're eating for breakfast. It could be too carby. Maybe your metabolism isn't doing well with that nice, very healthy bowl of steel-cut oatmeal with the berries you put in, even if you put a pat of butter on it, or, or, you know, a little drizzle of macadamia nut oil, or whatever you may be doing. Maybe you're not meant to start your day out with cereal. These are the ways to approach why do you need to snack. And again, think about habit, because if you're snacking out of habit, you are not tuned in to how your body is feeling. You know when you're hungry. Your stomach is growling. You may be salivating a little bit at the idea of a good nourishing meal because you're hungry. You may be feeling a little lightheaded because of that low blood sugar that's been happening over the last hour that you've not been paying attention to because you're too busy or you're still commuting you're, you're out and about, you're doing other things, you're running errands, you're commuting from work or to home, right? So think about that. Just like it's important for our nighttime circadian rhythms, our, our rhythmic sleep and wake cycles, 
It's important for our metabolic function and our overall health to have a rhythm to our eating patterns, right? You want to eat your breakfast, lunch, dinner around the same one-hour window every day for the most part, at least the days where you have a structured day, like your work days. Maybe that's going to differ on the weekend, and that's okay. But if 80-90% of the time you're doing this, you probably won't need a snack. And if you do need a snack and you are eating the right way, it's time for a little more evaluation with a qualified nutritionist or other health practitioner to see what may be going on. Maybe you have some unstable blood sugar. Maybe you have hypoglycemia. Maybe you have diabetes. You don't even know it. And fasting is one of the best ways to stabilize your blood sugar. Because think about it. When you sleep all night long and you wake up in the morning, it could be that you're not hungry at all, right? That's because your blood sugar is stable. And then you have that bowl of cereal. And two hours later, you're hungry again. You just destabilize your blood sugar. So think about what I'm saying here about snacking. Do you actually require a snack? Are you actually hungry for it? If you're hungry for it, by all means. But make it something healthy instead of the usual fare. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.